Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Deuce Season 3, Episode 3. It's called Normal is a Lie. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. And, you know, actually that's maybe the best episode of the three so far. I felt This one felt really focused to me. Uh, it didn't qu- have quite as many separate plots as the it last two no. did. Uh, which no, I think, I won't argue with that. Yeah, which I think benefited it. Um, we'll start with Laurie, uh, who sure. does does get a bit of proper, a bit proper, I just mean non-porn work. Uh, she's in a music video and seems to be happier. She, she looks that she's got a bit of a spark in her eye uh, versus everything else we've seen her do this season. Yeah, she's she's doing the music video and she's off to do some anal the next morning and she's very <laughs> happy. You know, she's happy with the manager. She's pulled this, you know, pulled this job off where she, because you know, she said she couldn't really get her normal work, but now here, here we are, um, and she feels actually complimented by the guitarist or the singer, you know, whoever it is, when he when he says, "Hey, you're great," and then afterwards they even bond a little bit because he's like, because she started just sort of like fidgeting with the guitar a little bit, that's lying around, and he's like, "Oh, do you play?" And she's like, "No," and he's like, "Ah, oh, well, do you want to learn? I'll show you a couple of chords," and it hmm. it doesn't just feel like. He's like I mean, he's, I mean, he's maybe flirting a bit, but he's not. It doesn't feel like he's just trying to like hit on her for the sake of he's like being genuine. Enough. Yeah, he's he's being nice, and you know, if it's a completely different dynamic, and we see that because then we see her in the porn set the next day. Um, I, I appreciate how they shot this bit actually, where the guy's like going and he's like, "I'm ready," so he pulls out, and then you just see it on the monitor uh from behind them, and you don't see yeah. his penis, but you just see like something squirting, and all all I could think in this scene was like. Okay, what were they using for that? What was what was the liquid? What were they squirting? Was it was it sun cream? I feel like that's like a good substitute. Could be, yeah. I don't know. I just I wonder though how funny it is to be on a set like when they're shooting one of these scenes because I could just imagine someone with a squeezy bottle just like hunched over yeah. next yeah. to him off camera, just like squeeze, squeeze. Um, but you know, as before, she's got some concerns about the next scene. She doesn't like a line of dialogue because it, it implies she's an idiot, even though she's maybe a teacher. And yes. the, the director's like, no, 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 no. You're so horny that you're you're forgetting who the president was, kind of thing. And and then she insists on wearing a condom. Although this actually ties into some of the other plots here because her concern about wearing the condom is that the actor she's working with, she can tell is actually gay, uh, which which as, as I understand it is actually quite common in the porn industry. And yeah. she's like, no, this disease going around. I'm not doing it without a condom, right? And the guy's like, no, no, no condoms in my set. I have a rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's yeah, yeah. thing. And, and she's fighting and her agent's like, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. And she has to say the stupid line, but he's conceded on the condom, which is, I'd say is a win overall. Like, you know, she's, I but, don't think that's a fair trade. It's, it's, it's a compromise. You get, it's, it's not like an idiot, but the risk of disease uh, dramatically lowered, which I, I guess is important. <laughs> well, of course, well, I guess it is. But like, yeah, so so we see this, but we also see Laurie kind of start to get a cons- get concerned for the other girls on the set. It's not just about herself anymore, you know. And we see she's she's still taking cocaine, so she's still having her own demons and her own problems. And she claims she's got it under control. She's telling her agent she's got it, but she yeah, sees this. I bet she said that the last four times as well. Yeah, probably. Um, but she, you know, she she sees this other girl who's got a bruise, and she's like, "Oh, what happened?" He's like, "Ah, oh, we're doing a scene, and you know, uh, it got a little out of hand." And she isn't too upset about it, but Laurie seems concerned. Laurie's almost becoming kind of a veteran because she's been doing this a number of years and some of the younger girls are maybe, like, she sees them as being taken advantage of and she's kind of starting to get a little protective and she tries to talk her agent into, like, maybe, like, speaking up for her and she's like, no, I don't represent her. I don't get a cut of her money, neither do you. You know, the agent just kind of brings it all back around to money. 
not my problem not your problem yeah uh very uncaring and it, you know it's kind of one of the things that we've seen throughout the show it, it kind of you know it's not exactly like the pimps but it feels you know it harkens back a little bit it makes you think of oh, them. yeah i think it's possible that we don't have any pimps this season yeah not, but no. we've got some agents uh, that are kind of filling that role and uh, Laurie's got two because her boyfriend is wanting to like start a new company so she can have more control. But he's going to take care of the finances, and she doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, and it sounded not cheap. No, it did not sound cheap. I can't remember the exact figures, but I remember going. That seems like a reasonable amount. It was like fifteen k to start, and then two k a week to keep it running. What I think was the. Was it a week? I thought it might have been a month. It but... was a month, but it was like you know, it was like two k every other week or month. But it was like, hey, I'm paying for this, right? <laughs> like yeah. I'm the one who's going to be financing this. Mm. Um, and it does kind of sound like, I mean, he may be genuine, but we've not seen enough of him. Like, everything we've seen with him has been exploiting her career. So I, so it's I, been sketchy. I, yeah, I can't trust him. It, it feels, yeah. and she doesn't seem happy with him, which is the other thing. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So that's the, that's the big thing. She doesn't seem happy, and because of that, it feels like okay, I don't really trust what he's doing. But uh, mm. so. Interesting plot, but we also see her kind of maybe starting to take an interest because after the guitar thing with the guy in the band, she like sees an open mate night and goes in and just listens to the song that's playing. You know, there's a girl on stage. She's she's asked by the employee, "Hey, do you want to put your name down?" She's like, "Oh no, 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 God no." Yeah. What is the bet? that by the end of the season, we see her on that stage singing a song. Yeah, it'll probably be her final scene. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, either that or it'll happen earlier and it'll be a bit hard to say and she wants to pursue it as like a, no, this is what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm doing different things. Be, yeah. um, but we're definitely getting a scene of her doing that later in the season after she's learned to play <laughs> play guitar oh, or whatever. Yeah, uh, so, no. Um, I, like, I think it's nice that it's setting up some stuff for her and I think her taking like a, an interest in what's happening to the other girls and being concerned about them is like... Not that Laurie's been an unsympathetic character, but she's very much just been in her own little world the entire time. This is the first time it's really shown her to be really kind of caring about others, and it feels like she's growing as a person. Yeah, it's it's not that she's been unsympathetic, but it's that she's she's always chosen to do exactly this, and every time she's had an out, she's gone further in and yeah. willingly, right? Uh, and and not been coerced into it. She's always chosen uh, from the from the last it's, little while. It's almost like she's kind of obviously it's not been the exact same path, but it's almost like she's kind of getting to where Irene was in season one. Like she's kind of reaching that stage. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously because they've shot the seasons back to back, you know, year to year, obviously the age, like, she should theoretically be about Irene's age in season one at this point. Obviously she isn't because the seasons have been shot year on year as opposed to every yeah, actual five years. Almost a decade later. Yeah, so Irene should look a bit older and, and, and you know, Laurie should look a bit older as well. But, I mean, we're just going to go with it. It's fine. But we'll, like, we'll let it slide for the for the sake of the story. Uh, yes, I mean, it would be interesting though if they actually took five years between seasons and came back. And like... I think that would have been really interesting to see because I think there is a little bit that is lost in this where, you know, her agent keeps telling us, hey, look, you're, you're coming towards the end of this career. This isn't going to last forever. Yeah. And and the dialogue makes sense because of the time difference, but it doesn't. You don't see it on her face. <laughs> I don't know. Looking at it, like, I don't. I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, and that is a little bit of a problem, I suppose. But yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. It I mean, would you want to put, put her in some minor old age makeup? I don't think you want to do that. I would just look it's, stupid. It's probably more effort than it's worth. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I was thinking about not just with, not just with her, but I was thinking with with Vincent as well. You know, it's it's been ten years, give or take, since season one. And him and Abby both look around the same age because they are around the same age. It doesn't yeah. feel like you know, like it felt like he was in his like early to mid thirties and he should be in his mid forties by now. And and I think I think Frank was a bit forty or something like that. I think he's about that age. But um, 
I don't know. About right. it, it, just, it just feels like there's not really been much of a change. I mean, obviously, Bobby looks different because they've given him a, a toupee. <laughs> to, to be fair, Vincent changed his hair every season. True. True, true, true. <laughs> not, not as drastically, don't be wrong, but yeah. they've, they've changed it. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, 10 years, like, when you're going from, like, you know, 30 to 40, yeah, okay, I buy that 10 years isn't that much of a difference at that age as compared to, like, you know, 15 to 25, right? It's not, like... Yeah, so that, that's why it's more noticeable with someone like Laurie, where she is younger. She was supposed to be, like, 17 or 18. I mean, probably just a hint in 18 when she arrived in season one, yeah. Similar, like yeah. Yeah. And it's not that she doesn't necessarily look 28 now, because she was probably already older in season one, but there's not, not been as much of a difference. It doesn't feel like she's aged yes, 10 years. exactly. Um, she's probably much closer to her actual age in this season than she, she ever was before, but... Likely, I have no idea how old the actress is. No, nor do I, nor do I. But I, I assume that she was in her mid twenties, probably when they started that, season that one. That seems a plausible guess. So, but yeah, no. So her plot, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to really become engaged with her plot because it is kind of like sowing the seeds of where she might go and what she might try and become by the end. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with it is how separate it is from everyone else. It is very separate. It is on its own. Um, it wouldn't shock me though if she does end up, you know, teaming up with someone. If it wasn't for the fact that she was seems to maybe want to veer away from the porn, I would maybe say she she would team up with Irene maybe later. But mm. um, because she seems to be veering out of it, um, I don't know. It wouldn't. Joe wouldn't shock me actually if she runs into uh, maybe some of the girls that have left already eventually. Not not in a way that she's in the same business with them, but just in like a sort of like nice little hey, they already got out like last season or season yeah, possibly, one. Possibly, yeah. And we see them all kind of t- you know just a sort of chance meeting, you know. I might feel a little bit too on the nose, but I mean, I'll, I'll wait and see how it plays. It depends. I I, I, I could buy it. I'll, I'll take one. I'll take one at the end of the season as a kind of like, you know, we've all kind of moved on from where we were back in season one kind of mm. thing. Um. So yeah, there's not a lot of Vincent in this episode. You know, he's trying to open a new club and he offers it to Mike. Um, that was basically it. It's other than one scene with Abby where Abby's trying to get him to admit that he's kind of like distant. And she's like, hey, if I wasn't around, what would be one thing you'd want to do? And he describes this painting of a house and kids. And it, it just goes back into what, what he went through in season two. It's like he wants a family. He wants the big country house. He wants to be in the suburbs. And Yeah, I feel like he really hasn't moved on much in five years. He hasn't, no. And I think that's maybe why like, I was thinking about his age as well. It's like, it's, even just as a character, he's not moved on really in five years. Yeah. And Abby's like, you just kind of answered my question, even if you don't think you did. And it's like, yeah, you two should have really have came to this Talked conclusion. About this before now. Yeah. It feels like a long time, like just sort of like going through the motions, essentially. And Abby, of course, has a bit more plot in this episode because Abby, um, you know, she she goes to this art gallery thing to drop off a donation for a charity, and uh, someone that she knew when she was like a teenager is there, you know, because they talk yeah, about they like to go to school together. Yeah, they're like camp councils or something like that. They said, um, yeah, I teens. And she's like catching up, and it's like, okay, I'm like a I'm a lawyer now, but yada yada yada. I've got kids. What are you doing? Oh, I manage a bar. And she introduces her to this uh, this artist, this woman. And it's funny, because in the scene, I was like, that felt a bit flirtatious to me. It felt like there was some chemistry there. Um, mm. So I want to actually compliment the performance, because even though the dialogue itself didn't necessarily, you know, point the finger at that, I felt it in the scene. I felt that this was going down that path. And sure enough, oh, the, yeah. the next time we see them, and they're looking at this like piece of art that she's done on the wall outside, you know, she's, she's like a street artist. She, she wants, wants her art to be out there and be seen. She's the, the Banksy of Midtown of the 80s New York. Um, you know, without the... Uh, anonymity uh of, yeah. of banksy but uh she you know she goes in for a kiss and she's like 50 50 i thought you might pull away and you know abby just kind of smiles and it does kind of seem like the first time that abby's maybe done this with a woman like it feels like that might this might be the the first time that this, this has happened where she's felt this attraction 
Maybe. I'm not sure. It didn't feel like a surprise to me. No, it wasn't a surprise. It was the sort of thing where it's just not happened yet kind of thing. Possibly. Yeah. You know, if, if it kind of felt like this is the first time she's done it, but like, you know, and it feels natural for her. It feels natural. She's always been very progressive in the show. She's always been very kind of, um, mm. you know, more about more about people rather than gender. I mean, obviously, a lot of her things been about equality and, you know, that kind of thing. But I mean, in terms of like who she's interested in, it's always been about who the people are. Sure. And to, to an extent, it almost feels that like Vincent's been kind of a boy toy. <laughs> you know, that, that's kind sure. of what it was to begin with. And he's kind of stuck around. But ultimately, she's become much more interested in other people. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we see her dancing at the club because they end up meeting up with Paul and his uh, his actor boyfriend. And, uh, I want to say it's called Todd. It may be Todd, yeah. And they're all dancing together. And she seems genuinely happy in a way that she doesn't have that spark when she's with Vincent. You know, again, the performance really, mm. really, really nailing this idea uh, of of the the attraction and the happiness that she's having on this. And a great moment here because I, I just to, I think it's natural to just transition to Paul and his boyfriend because uh, he's getting sicker. He has to give up his extra like soap opera role that he took last episode. And he's he's admitted that he's dying. It's like, hey, we can't disguise the fact that I'm on my way out. Like, I have limited yeah. time left. And, you know, he quits his job at the soap, and he's like, let's go dancing and whatever. And he's like, you sure you're up to it? And he's like, yeah. And he is genuinely trying to like be up for it and be happy, but there's this great moment in this scene where after the first couple of dances, he's like, oh, oh, I love this song. Let's go and dance again. And he's like, I'll sit this one out, because he, you know, he's maybe feeling a bit weaker, he can't do it. And there's a great shot of him watching him watching the three of them, the two girls, you know, Abby and, and the new person, and Paul. And at first, they're sort of near the edge of the dance floor, and he's watching them. He's kind of he's happy to see them be happy. And then you mm-hmm. just sort of slowly drift into the middle, into the sea of the people, and eventually you can't see them anymore, just like he can't see them anymore. It's a really nice shot. It really makes his it point. Is, yeah. He feels like he's drifting apart from them, and he's not a part of their world anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really, it's a really sad moment. It's and it is, yeah. I think credit for the the character because he's not like a character that we care about a lot the same way that we do the others because he's not a main character. He's you know he's Paul's he's boyfriend. He's always been yeah yeah like we we know him through Paul and that's about it. We yeah. don't really know him. But this moment played really well, despite of that, in spite of that fact, because it, it, it I really felt I was like, oh, it, it hit me a little bit. I was like, this feels sad. Yes, yeah, sorry, just uh, choking on air for no reason. Uh-huh. Um, no, it was. It You'll was, never uh... make it in the porn industry. <laughs> no, no, um, but no, it was really well shot. Um, and you know there was you know there was a whole bit like where you know when Abby comes in, she's like, oh, I've never been in anywhere like this. Uh, so and. It's true that the the whole thing does feel different to anything else we've had in the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even that implies. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this was meant to be an actual gay club, but like that would maybe even go again to like, this is new for her. Like, even though it's something that she's kind of had in her head that maybe she is, you know, part maybe, of this world. Yeah. But like, this is the first time she's actually kind of took the leap. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, there was a lot of sweet moments in here, and then that one really bittersweet moment. Um, but credit for making me care about a character who I've not really felt much about up until this point so no it's it's more been how does it affect paul and yeah that's about it yeah but that's made me feel for him but you know out of the context of paul i think a little bit yes so, yeah i agree with that so that was that was nice um uh frankie uh doesn't have a lot of scenes he has one scene where we see him uh, sell a coke to a uh, gangster dude gangster dude comes and complains to tommy about it tommy tells him to stop uh cutting it down too much and Frankie, being typical Frankie, kind of like that, flout denies it, and but kind of like eventually agrees to take care of it. Right, and, it won't be as bad next yeah, time. Yeah, admitting that he was maybe doing it too much. Um, but the big scene I think with him, and this is a kind of a nice follow-on. There's one Rudy scene where Rudy comes out of the club, and Frankie's in the back, and he comes up to speak to him, 
And Frankie immediately has a bit of an attitude, and Rudy does not appreciate it, which really sets him off on the wrong foot. Like, you know, Frankie could have, like, started off being apologetic. He's like, hey, I want to talk about last time movement. You know, if he'd have taken the right the right opening line, it could he's, have been fixed. He's he's not apologetic. He's he's trying to be authoritative. He's, yeah. he's telling Rudy to sit, get a drink, you know, like he's in charge. Yeah. And... He then, because he's counting his, his money, which he might have won from the poker game because we saw him being kind of lucky. He might, this might have been from the, the last drug deal. It might have been for the videos. I, I feel like most of this was from the drugs, uh, given yeah. how much Rudy was against it. Yeah. And, but he's just like, it's, it's almost like he's offering this five grand for like, hey, all, all those times I stole from you over the years, here, I owe you this. And Rudy says no. He says no like a few times until he eventually throws it in his face and yeah. says, ask, you know, make me say no make one me more say time. No again. Yeah. Uh, and he walks out, and Vincent kind of sees the tail end of this, and is like sort of growing concerned, as you would expect. He's like, "Oh God damn it! What now?" And, and again, this is just like Frankie's end might not be too pleasant. It's a classic Frankie, this. He's playing with fire. It, well, he, it's, he is, yeah. it's classic Frankie, but it's classic Frankie with a bit more confidence, which is unsettling. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is. And again, Rudy, he doesn't seem unreasonable in this scene. No. Uh, you know, I think traditionally we go, well, he's the gangster boss. We should be, he, he should be terrible. Yeah, he, he oddly, yeah, he oddly comes across as like, I understand why he's angry. I don't blame him. He's, he seems fairly level-headed in this, which is such a, just a drastic change. You remember season one yeah. when, when Vincent was getting involved with him and we were like, oh, this seems shady as shit. Yeah, we we, and, we kept thinking he might turn bad, but he kept being very reasonable. Even though he's a criminal, it felt like, no, he's, he's a very reasonable, you know, guy he he, he yeah, thinks he's he's probably not reasonable to people who Wrong. cause him trouble yeah <laughs> yeah but to, to those he's in business with he is very fair yeah uh he's, he's very very uh calm and collected about most things uh yeah it, but yeah so oh again it was just one scene it was a really well acted scene though and again the the fire in his eyes as he was staring down frankie was like yeah okay yeah it was much more cold rage this time yeah so, yeah, again, another great little bit of progression. But I mean, I think it's notable that there's like, th- I'd say that like in any given episode of, of The Deuce, there's like three main plots that have a proper like narrative time. And then there's a bunch of other like scenes that are just kind of adding to scene, you know, plots that maybe will get time next episode or last episode kind of thing, you know. Mm. Uh, and that was another one of the quick ones. Uh, so let's go over to Alston and, and Goldman and that side of things. Uh, they're looking into. Uh, you know, because there's a scene with Alston, he's in this therapist office, and it kind of, it, it does that little thing where, like, well, this is kind of weird, like, I'm not, Alston's not really kind of hinted that he needs help, and he's talking to this therapist, and, there, I, you know, there is a moment where it clicks, like, why he's here and who this guy is, and, you know, it is, it is literally when he clicks the pen and closes his pad, I think, where I'm like, oh, I get it, <laughs> I get it, <laughs> this is yeah. the dude that owns that building, and you're here to scare yeah. the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because he's you know he's, he's describing the details of this this problem that he's got. You know they need to get this guy to like you know fess up to what he's doing or and sell the property or or play ball or whatever. And he doesn't. Uh, they put something in the paper and Goldman like tells the other guys like, look, give us a few days to recalibrate. And Alston's task was try to like use the bigger stick as it were because he's tried the carrot, they've tried the stick, but they wouldn't need the bigger stick. So he gets to the cop, uh, the female cop they had a date with. Uh, well, you know it was coffee. It wasn't necessarily a full on date, but you know. Yeah. Um. And, you know, the, the guy who someone pointed out was from The Wire. I never recognized him because in The Wire, he never had a beard. 
Uh, you know, the cop okay. gives him a lot of shit, uh, but he was in The Wire. As soon as someone said yeah. it, I, I, I was like, oh yeah, him. Like, I knew it immediately. Having never watched The Wire, I would not have got that. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, but, no, so, um, he, he's forming a plan with her. Uh, so we're going to see what the plan is. This is all kind of set up probably for next episode where we'll see exactly what they're going to do to make their, their lives miserable at the parlor. Yes. But uh, I'm sure it will be great to watch. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that was delightful, moving the plot along again. Um, and then we'll move on to Melissa, I think, her father. Um, and Joe, you know this was nice, because last episode we were talking about how we get introduced to her apartment building, or maybe it was the first episode, and her maybe it was the first. and her uh, her neighbour, who she's friends with. And we were saying it was fine, it didn't really do much, but it was it was a fine little setup scene, and it now makes more sense in context, because like as soon as he went to that building, I know who he's going to see. You know, yeah. and it made sense that, you know, the neighbour kind of, you know, was around and intervened a couple of times, you know, like... Yeah, because at the start of this plot, you're not sure which girl it is that he's talking about. Obviously, like, well, it's got to be someone we know, otherwise, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, because he goes to, yeah, the correct kid and wants to hire him as a PI, and he's like, hey, my girl's, my, my daughter's in this video. And he doesn't say daughter at first, but we know that's where he's coming from. This is a father. Like, we, we get that. Yeah. And I like it. What I like about this is that Melissa's been a fairly minor character in the first two seasons. She was just kind of, like, you know, there. Around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this season it feels like no she's getting her own little plot she's getting her own little story here and this is going to be a different type of story where she's got the loving father who used to be an alcoholic you know he's an ex-alcoholic well that's not what they say recovering alcoholic is the correct term but you know what I mean yes. he's been clean for a couple of years and he's here to make amends um, you know it sounds like his, his relationship with his wife deteriorated after you know Melissa ran away but he's got a son as well and you know Melissa finds out she's, a, she's an auntie she's got two uh, nephews uh, nephews yeah. nieces sorry um and you know it, it was him talking through the door and her listening on the other side and we get several scenes that he comes back multiple times and she never opens the door even admits that she's there he just talks through the door yeah. um, and i was just i was quickly imdb in another movie uh, david morse is the guy who plays this act uh, this character and because I, I recognize him immediately um yeah i recognize him from yeah he's, stuff. In, he's in a bunch of stuff he was in the green mile he was in uh, 16 blocks he's in contact he's in the heart locker he's popped up in tons he's, he's one, one of those, those actors he's, yeah. he's one of those guys who just pops up all over the place um, it was apparently in that miniseries uh, from Showtime, uh, Escape from Danorama, which we, you know, didn't get to see because no one talked about it until uh, it was already halfway through the season. <laughs> yeah, that was really annoying. Yeah. Um, so, but no, like, immediately I was like, oh, I know this guy. I, just, I was just looking up his name because I wanted to give him a, give him a proper yeah. shout out. Um, yeah, but he's a likable enough dude. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of this touching thing. And what I liked about it is the... The neighbor is kind of like, you know, at first, like, he checks the lobby for her to make sure that he's not still around so they can go get food because she's been hiding in her apartment all day. And then later, you know, he, he's sort of paying attention while the dad's there listening to the conversation. And eventually, when she does open the door, she only opens it a crack just so that she, he can see her. Cause that's just what he, on the chain, yeah. What he keeps asking for. And she eventually says, you know, what do you want from me? And kind of implies that he should go. And he's, he's leaving. And the neighbor, like, comes out and, like, asks her to open the door. And he's just like to the, it's like just, just, just give me a second. Yeah, and sort of makes her open the door and sort of then leaves. And he just he wants them to. He's like, no, you should talk to your father. Like he's not kicking him out. He's not like cause I think the expectation all episode is he's going to be on her side and like get rid of him for her or something like that. Mm. But he steps in and says, no, you should talk to him. Like do this. Yeah, and he barely even says. He just he just says, open the door. Yeah, yeah. and and that's it. And we don't Maybe get to see does. we don't get to see after this. You know, this is the the last scene that we get of those two characters. But again, I, I want to compliment uh, the performances from both actors here and taking a character who's been fairly minor, a character we've never met before, and giving me a couple of really great scenes. These, these scenes talking through the door were pretty solid. 
Yeah, the opposite side of door scenes always tend to be effective. They tend to be quite good. Um, obviously, Mr. Robot had a great one in season three. One of my oh, favourite... That's one of the best ever. One of my favourite movies of all time, Paris, Texas. It's not a door exactly, but it's effectively the same thing. Um, like a wall or a window. Yeah, or it's, it's, it's basically a wall uh, where they can hear each other. Um, it's like, it was like a 20-minute conversation at near the end of the movie, and it is like one of the best sure. scenes ever. It's phenomenal. And like, So they always work for me when they're done well, and this was another example of it. I... I think, you know, because we learn so much about her. You know, we learn that her real name is Margaret. We learn that, you know, she has this brother. She has, you know, nieces. Uh, you know, it, it just it gives us a lot of stuff uh, between them. And mm. this idea that, you know, he... Because obviously one of the things you might expect from him is that he's going to be really upset about what she's doing. And, you know, as soon as she, as she asks, like, how did you find me? And she says, oh, like, someone I work with, like, you know, saw you in one of the videos. Which had to be a, a, a relatively mortifying conversation to, like, experience. I have to, as a father, probably. I have to yeah. imagine. Um, but the guy had the balls to do it because he's like, he should probably know. He should probably hear this. And Well, was it Because we, we don't know. Was it a, hey, he should probably know because he might want to know where his daughter is or was it hey i saw your daughter you know I, I th- was it was he being a prick i don't think he was being a prick just from the way he delivered the line it sounded like yeah. he 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 was appreciative of the guy like coming forward and saying this see i wasn't sure because he said oh i didn't care about the porn like like it might have been used like you know the, the guy was using it against him sort of thing no know? i don't think that was to do with the guy i think that was more about letting her know that he wasn't here to, like yell at her hold a grudge or any, any other no I, I agree with that in terms of, it was yeah. just the way it followed on from that previous point that made me question it for me i think it was just a natural thing to go to because i think she was going to expect that as soon as he brought oh, the maybe, tapes yeah. up and he's like no i don't care about that like i don't care what you're doing like um he doesn't say that slime but it's almost like as long as you're i mean i'm, I'm just happy you're alive and you're not like you know i'm happy you're alive hopefully you're happy whatever it is you're doing kind of thing yeah um but it's a really solid scene and again it made me care and again much like paul's boyfriend it was very much like a minor character from previously and a new character and i was into it so yeah solid writing solid directing can do a lot i guess this is you know having cut out some of the major characters like some of the pimps from last season yeah we can spend some time on some others yeah yeah pretty much because i say these characters you know, have been around for most of the show, if not all of it. Um, but it, we never had time to devoted to them. But now, now that we've cut some of the others, well, why not? Yeah, yeah. So, no, really good. Uh, so, and then we go to Irene, uh, which thematically ties in nicely. There's a great scene with her mother when she's like taking care of her and she's trying to make her eat, and she's kind of making fun of her, and saying, "Oh, this is like when you used to try and make me eat peas when I was a kid. This is payback." Um, but you know it, the subject of her father comes up, and her mother's like, "Oh, it's good that you should you know try and forgive him because you've only got one family; you should make the most of it." I'm like, that neatly ties in because we we get this fairly early on in the episode, yeah. and we have all these scenes with you know the, the father and Melissa, and that really. And I'm going to keep calling her Melissa just for the because that's what she's been the whole time. It's hard to kind of switch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's enough names in this show without having to worry about multiple names uh, for every character. I, I know I switched from Candy to Aid, uh, Eileen, but like. <laughs> that was a pretty distinctive shift though yeah that was pretty distinctive a big, big plot point and it was early on for you know one name's enough for the rest of them uh but she uh you know so we have this scene and you know her son did call and asked for money and she says hey if he calls again tell him to come to me implying that she's willing to give it to try and like reconnect with him or or whatever uh, but obviously her main plot here is she's out with Corey Stoll again and he finds out she's got a son and all this other stuff. She kind of introduces him to her, to her world by going down Midtown, a yeah. place he clearly doesn't frequent too much. He looks very uncomfortable. He does. To be fair, Corey Stoll often looks uncomfortable. 
But he makes an effort, and then they kind of we see them kiss properly, I think, for the first time, and it leads to them having sex uh, somewhere. It looked kind of like a hotel room, but it may not have been. It may have just it, been it did, our place. It did look more like one of the motels in the area, didn't yeah. it, rather than one of their apartments. But uh, and she kind of joked at the end of it, where she's like, "Next," <laughs> which, um, but uh, ex prostitute humor essentially. But yeah, you know, but it's kind of a sweet moment because it's like he laughs along with it. Like he he fully knows who she is. Like it's been the first time someone's truly accepted who she is yeah. and not given a shit. And at least the, the scene that I think it's really building up to is where he's like, "Hey, you're struggling for money for this next movie. Like, you know, I can afford it. Like, how much does it cost?" And this is the thing: he is being completely genuine. He wants to just fund her movie for the sake of like doing something nice, right? Um, but she can't help but see it as him having a control but be also effectively paying her for her, their relationship which is something she doesn't under any circumstance want given her past and yeah. she doesn't get angry at him she doesn't get angry she, i mean she's a little bit emotional but she doesn't get angry she just says if i if i ask you to promise to never offer me money ever again will you do it and he's like i mean if that's what you want sure i'll promise like he's you know he's he's receptive to what she asks but it is very much a personal thing he you know he thinks he's just doing a nice thing and but it means something yeah, to her cause... He's like, oh, how much? And she tells him. He's like, ah, look, I, I've I've risked far more on on you know stupider things. Yeah, um, and I, I believe him. He comes across like one of those dudes. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it doesn't feel malicious. It doesn't feel like he's trying to control. But it's almost like you know we've seen in like season two, especially with Shay, this idea that this new relationship might just kind of become a substitute for a pimp. And you know, I Eileen's big thing since the start of the show has been she's never had a pimp. She does it's, not want to have that about independence. Yeah. So she's like, no, whatever you do, you cannot do that for me. Like, we, we yeah, can man. share a lot of things, but we can't do that. They have an interesting conversation about where, you know, during this, she says, oh, you know, what am I to you? And, yeah. you know, uh, or what are you to me? I can't remember whichever way around she phrases it. And uh, can't help but feel that, that, that maybe Vincent Abbey could have had this conversation at some point in the last, you know, decade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's good because it, it, it's kind of like, for for the first time, maybe in the the not about the show, but in this context, it's like Eileen becoming very vulnerable and just kind of honestly yeah. asking the question she needs to ask, and it feels very genuine. And you can't help but feel happy for her, you know, giving everything that she's kind of been, even though she's obviously had some success in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, this feels different. This feels like a very genuine relationship um, that hopefully doesn't go bad. <laughs> but given that we're in the end game, I don't think it will. I feel like we're kind of gearing up. You know, the season as a whole is kind of setting up where everyone's going to be leaving. Uh, yeah, it's just they're not all getting happy endings. No, but, but it's just will it be the people who deserve it that get them? Because obviously we would say Eileen does deserve one. Oh yeah, and should get one. Frankie probably doesn't, <laughs> but you never know. Yeah, I don't think he. Yeah, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't. Um, and who does he drag down with him? Does poor, does poor Vincent get whacked because they think it's Frankie? <laughs> I mean, see, the very first. That would be a. I was gonna say to the, the very first. Yeah, scene. very first episode of this show introduced them that way, because someone tried to grab Vincent, kind of thinking he was Frankie. That was how we introduced more or less to Vincent. I think so. it was the opening scene of the show. I don't think it was the opening scene, but it was. I mean, it was. No, it was early in the first episode, but I don't think it was the opening. Because I, I think we see him like try to go and uh, deposit money first from the from the, the the bar he was working in. I think that was the opening scene. Maybe. Maybe I, I just picture outside by the car. Yeah, but I, I remember that happening uh, first because he's working at another bar first before he, you know, really gives him the the hi hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, that, that, that's the case. But um, but either way, like that would have a nice symmetry to it, wouldn't it? Yeah, and tragedy because Vincent would get whacked. Uh, and of course, yeah. Not get his family or or whatever. 
uh, and Frankie would actually face real consequences for getting his brother killed. Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, so we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that uh, how that unfolds. But no, I mean, again, all these plots were really uh, firing on many cylinders this episode. I think there was just an, again. I think it'd been a, a little bit more. Even though there was a lot, a little scenes here or there for the other plots didn't feel like quite as many as, as the last it felt focused on like three of the main plots and then the, the rest just had a little bit of advice obviously we're still need to talk about uh bobby's son and uh, all that side of things yeah yeah where um, we see so, yeah, but, oh. um it's, you know unless i i'm misremembering you know not having caught a line of dialogue there was not really any follow-up on what happened at the end of the last episode with shay uh, and also there was kind of it just kind of seems brushed over which seems weird given how it felt like a big deal at the end i think of the she's just episode. missing i think there's nothing she can do you know, she well, just well maybe but it feels weird that she's not saying anything to anyone there's not uh, she's not looking it, i don't know it just felt weird to have just kind of brushed it under the table i i know i disagree i i think it's like no she's done this before and she doesn't want to be found like you know it's like maybe they've yeah. tried before she knows it's pointless it, it feels like that's what the impression i get is by not talking about it, it's like no this is just expected and it's just sad because it keeps happening you know, it's like ha- having a family member who's always going back into rehab. <laughs> like, it's just, I saw it no, again. I get that, but like, and and if that's the case, I can understand that. But it feels with her not just saying that to someone, you know, telling someone what had happened. That doesn't that doesn't feel like she's chasing it either way. Just just going to hey, you know, just telling someone. Ah, again, I don't think you. I think the I think the final scene, of episode two, tells you all you need to see. No, I'll, I'll look at dialogue. but yeah uh so bobby's son uh we see that he's you know working on wall street and bobby thinks he's been taken advantage of just because he has access to certain you know the, to the parlor and the girls and stuff um and he's not really one of them he, he kind of feels like he's been spoken down to by these yuppies and yeah. uh you know is that true or isn't it i don't know bobby does come off a bit abrasive like he feels like he's he's jumping the gun a the little bit the guy seems polite enough to him yeah you know he's, he's, he's you know nice to meet you uh, you know, handshakes. You know, he, 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 I'm not saying he's genuine, but he he seems polite. It feels like, it feels like an example of Bobby, much like maybe guys like Frankie and Tommy are unwilling to move forward in the with the times. You know, and you yeah. have you have guys like Vincent who kind of wants to move on to a new part of his life, but is struggling to actually make the leap. But then you have characters where Laurie's just kind of starting to like get the feeling for it. Eileen's been kind of doing that for a while. You know, She's well into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he's unwilling to accept that things are changing and should change, and he just sees it as like a threat, or he sees it as this this world that his son's going to be embarrassed in. And he comes across very rude because of yeah. it. So, you know, at the end of the, you know, the guy goes, "Oh, nice to meet you," and he just goes, "Yeah," and that's it. <laughs> he says, like, he says, "Okay," or something like that. Okay? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It, was like that. It, was, it was like a, just a a one word acknowledgement, but yeah. not a nice to meet you too, or you know, anything like that. Yeah, uh, so we see another party, girls go out, um, it's doing well, and they make need more cars, and Bobby's just complaining about gas money, <laughs> this, this is what it boils down to, but yeah. we see that, they, you know, this yuppie's brought more more guys to this, it was maybe five guys at this little private party, it ended up being ten, and, like, instead of getting, like, extra from each guy, there was a agreed total amount, so it's like, hey, the girls are actually making less per guy now, because of the way this, this worked out, but Bobby's son's like, no, 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 that's just more for you and me and, and you know, the, the parlor. Yeah, like the, the other guy's chipped in. They've given me, like, an extra grand or whatever it was. Yeah. But we'll, we'll put that three ways. Yeah, and the girls get what they were supposed to be getting in the first place. Uh, and it can, it almost feels like, a you know, the, a big business franchise thing screwing the little guy. Like, you know, the actual workers on the floor, as it were, are getting screwed mm-hmm. uh, with these big bundle deals or, you know, or whatever. Um, is devaluing the... Uh, 
it this feels sleazy to say it this way but the product if you will like it's devaluing the and then uh, just the, the upper management taking all the all yeah. the profits yeah. so you can see the the shady business side of it kind of creeping in and um you know so hopefully we'll see this backfire on them we'll see the girls get kind of you know some justice yeah. probably not but one yeah, can probably not well i mean i can hope you never know yeah, I mean, if the parlors get shut down because of everything that's going on with Alston and all that, then maybe... Maybe, maybe... this is their future. Yeah, maybe. But we'll see. We'll see. Mm. Uh, so, no, again, and you know, and to credit to Black Frankie, he actually, you know, he, he's like, what about the girls? Like, he, he is kind of concerned about that. He's like, he's like, they deserve to be paid for this. And he's kind of, he takes the money, but he has that look in his face. He's definitely... There's, a, there's resistance, but he does take the money and he goes along with it. Yeah. Uh, how long for, who knows? Yeah, and maybe it's something he'll stick up for next time in advance because now this time he'll be expecting it. So he's like, no, no, like we charge the right amount for the right amount of people, and they get charge per head. If they yeah. come in extra, they pay. Yeah. So, yeah, um, there you go. That is uh, all the plot lines. I think again, a lot of plot lines in this show. Sometimes it's I'm worried of. Uh... Yeah, I don't think that's all of them, but I'm never <laughs> sure. Could never be totally sure. Uh, but no, uh, solid episode. I think it was the tightest of the three so far. For me mm. i'd agree with that so there you go uh we'll be back next week obviously apologies for the last episode being late again but this one's back on our usual schedule for the week uh so thank you once again for watching or listening you can of course let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments you can like and subscribe you can support us over at patreon.com slash tv if you want to support everything we do and keep all the content coming and you can of course uh rate the audio podcast on apple Podcasts, wherever else gives a nice five star rating helps more people find us all that kind of thing uh, and it helps out a lot so uh check out all the shows we're doing uh obviously some stuff's coming soon uh, we got some pilots this coming week from the networks plus uh, it's not long till mr robot season four hits and of course uh we have uh, various netflix shows starting over on the netflix audio feed obviously if you're on youtube they're all in one place so pretty much every week for those netflix shows right now yeah yeah uh next one is the politician from ryan murphy so maybe maybe you'd be interested in hearing our thoughts on that come uh late friday early saturday so uh but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>